The scripture today is from the Psalms, chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Do you sing song? You may not think, actually many people don't think they're a good singer. I don't know what opportunity we can sing other than church, right? But we are all singers. We're all good singers. And we sing all the time. Life is full of songs about experiencing God. And the Bible calls it Psalms. Which means praise accompanied by the string or harp. Psalm is a song. And we praise, we sing to express our emotions, joy, sorrow, thanks, even our anger sometimes we praise. So when we are joyful, we sing. We want to sing. Let every that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth. But sometimes we have to sing like this. How long? Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Don't you, don't you sing this type of song sometime? How long? Where are you, Lord? Even sometimes we sing like this too. We praise God to curse someone. We praise, appoint a wicked man against him. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. May his days be few. May another take his office. 
May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. I'm not making up. This is Psalms. It's one of Psalms. I never sang this type of song. <laughs> But we sing. We curse. We praise. We give thanks. It's just our response, ongoing response to the life. God we're experiencing every day, every moment. We sing. So every breath, one has a breath, is sing. And if I'm alive, then I'm singing. But sometimes, some people, we don't sing very well. We don't sing as it is. We cannot be truthful to our own emotion. We lie to ourselves. Even though we're suffering, we're sorrowful, we, we pretend we're not. But that is a problem. Because psalm is not just expressing our emotions, that's it. But psalm is the way of experiencing and discovering God. To be alive and to be healed. So every psalm ending with the hope and trust and praise to the Lord in whatever circumstance they are. The psalm singing is so crucial for Christian. So this summer, the whole summer, you will listen to the sermon series. On Psalms. So I'd like to join you. I'd like to you join me through this psalm to learn how to sing songs of our life, experiencing God. But first, let me share with you there were structure. There's, there is a typical structure of Psalms. Sequence. It begins with the lament because people feel the absence of God. People, people go through the pain. People, people go through the shadow of death. It starts with the lament. The absence of God. And then people pour out their emotions. They pour out emotions. All their emotions. Then, once you're able to pour out, then you can examine them. Self-examination. Then we know what's the problem. And we know, we want to ask. We want help. Supplication. As we request, we remember God who answered 
and helped us before. Right? You remember your God when you go through that difficult time, that calamity you've been through. We can remember. Then we return and praise to God because we acknowledge we're in the presence of God. So Psalm, the songs is all about transition from the absence of God to presence of God. Where are you in this sequence? Let's begin with the Psalm 1. Because it is the prologue of the entire psalm. It tells the main theme of psalms. It begins with comparing the blessed versus the wicked. Because as I share with you, it is transitioned from the absence of God to presence of God. So the blessed is the one in the presence of God. And the wicked is in the absence of God. The blessed, the words actually in Hebrew, it's happy. Happy. Happy in God. Happy in God. Because God loves him. God bless her. And God favors them. So they are happy. But the wicked is the opposite, which means being unrighteous. Because evil loves them, evil blesses her, and evil favors them. So they are the wicked. So, the entire 150 Psalms is all about how to repent and being restored from being wicked to the blessed. So, who is the blessed? Who is the blessed? Psalm says, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. What is the counsel of the wicked? The wicked is like, like us, the people. We listen to people. Even they don't know me. They don't care about me, but we always concern for what other people think. That's the counsel of the wicked because nothing wrong with them, but in the perspective of God, we are all broken. But we listen to the broken counselor. So, it means we get lost in our way. We get lost. Because we are guided by the people, the blind. They don't know where to go, but we follow them. 
And because they forgot the purpose and the meaning of life, the principle of creation. I would say creative principle. How God designed us creative in the beginning, in the Genesis. Original intention of God for us, but because of sin, we forgot. Why am I here for? How God, why God did God create me? So, of course, people are sitting in the seat of scoffers, right? Because they despise others. Because they're unable to see the image of God, Jesus restored us. Because we are still confined in this broken, sinful nature. But we are new creation. Everybody is new creation. Even though they are not believing Christ, but Jesus died for everyone. So we must be able to, the image of God, restore in the people, every people. But people do not perceive that. So they just consider other people as just means for their own benefit or their pleasure. So they scoffing others. But it is the fundamental, it is the worst sin because scoffing, despising other means, despising God. Because God is the engineer. God is the creator of that person. So the ble- but ble- the blessed delights in the law of the Lord, the counsel of the Lord, by meditating day and night. Meditating day and night. Again, the law is the creative principle. How God created us and designed us to live the meaning, original meaning and purpose of life. But Psalm says we must meditate the principle day and night. It is interesting. The meditate word in Hebrew is Hagah, which means growl. You know growl? Have you seen growling dog? Right? Growl. Actually, it's like a growl of a lion. But when a dog got a raw bone, right, and he loved to chew the bone over and over, right? And what if you try to take the bone away from the dog? The dog gets really mad and growl. That's how we meditate the law of God. The original intention of God for creation. We cherish it. We love it. All the time. Because we are in the sinful nature. Continuously denying our original meaning and purpose. That's why constantly we have to remind ourselves as we meditate 
growl for the creative principles. Do you love? Do you meditate the law, the original meaning and purpose of you? Have you found your purpose and meaning in your life, in your situation, in your family, in your company, in your neighborhood, in your family? Do you know your meaning and purpose there? And do you cherish that? And do you love it? If we don't, we are not blessed. We cannot be happy. So I love this. Maybe you send this word, this verse, many places. It is from Ecclesiastes. It is one of the best value for Jewish society. Because it tells us the principle, the fundamental joy of life, the meaning of life. The Bible says, I command joy. For man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be merry. For this will go with him in his toil through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. Right? This is how we cherish and love our life. But we have to be careful. We eat, we eat, we drink together. To be married together. I told you, shalom, peace in Hebrew, is everyone is filled. Everyone go to Sherry Maple, that's that's shalom. Nobody hungry, that's shalom. So we eat, drink, and be married together. So they're in God's creation. There's no exclusive happiness just for me. Everyone has to be happy. Are you happy? But then look around. If there anyone is unhappy, if anyone is hungry or thirsty, if anyone we know There are many, many people hungry and thirsty and homeless and lonely, devastated, despair. We know that. So we are not happy. We cannot be happy. So we must go to them and pray for them, provide them to be happy together. You don't have to go too far like Africa in your family, in your living room, in your school, in your company, in your neighborhood, in our community. You can reach out to them and happy together. 
because we pursue the common faith. We are the community of the common faith. God made us. We are redeemed for this eternal life. So we must be rejoice and be glad in it. And we have common faith. So we have to let them know they can rejoice. I'm rejoice and you rejoice. But still, in reality, how can we do that? It's overwhelming. The, the calamity, the, the brokenness of the world is uh, overwhelming. And they're so evil and sinful. How can we do that? The Bible is clear. Psalm is clear. If we meditate and keep the law of the Lord, as we being in the presence of God. But before, we have to be careful when we meditate the law. Because the people easily fall into the legalism. Just stay living for the format, the law. Blessed life is balanced life between the law, the format, and the life, the contents. Because the law cannot contain entire instruction and desires of God. Right? Our law, our civil law, constitution do not, cannot contain every desire of the people, right? We have to interpret that law and we have to practice the law overly. It's the same thing. So by fulfilling the law, we must live, fill the law with our living life itself, the content itself, which is with the creative principle. It is observing the law, both its justice and righteousness. The Torah, the law of God, has a two functions, justice and righteousness. Justice, mishpat in Hebrew, is discerning what is right and wrong. And righteousness, jedekah, is a forgiveness giving second chance, grace. That's righteousness. So we call Torah the restorative justice. Justice, we tell them what is right and wrong, but we always give them second chance to repent and be restored. But like Pharisees, many Israelites, only care for the mishpat, justice, criticizing other people and judging other people. So one day Jesus was challenged by the Pharisees. They dragged this women caught in adultery into the public place and they were about to stone to death. And what Jesus said to her, 
Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you, Zedekah, righteousness. But Jesus said, Go and from now on sin no more. Mishpat, justice. We have to always together observe the law together. When we meditate the law day and night, we have to have this Mishpat and Jericho together, grace and justice together. So if we only uphold Mishpat, we become judgmental. We become exclusive and even violent against other people. But if we uphold Jericho also, then we can be forgiving, inclusive, and graceful to others. Then may people restored repent. So, how can we keep the birth, justice, and righteousness in our daily life? It is hard. Forgiving people is really hard. When they harm against us, they are against us, it is so hard. But it is, it is, this is how we can do it. Being happy, steadily, by being planted, by being tree being planted by the streams of water. The stream of water is a peleg in Hebrew, which is artificial, man-made channel of water. That's peleg, the streams of water here. Not like intermittent water stream in the, in the desert. So it's an ongoing provision of water that where we must be planted. So it is like being planted in the orchard, right? Where the gardener or the farmer maintain like, a, like five or six of our church volunteers watering all those flowers every week. Thank you. Let we give them the applause. Right? Especially this drought weather, right? It is like that. Peleg is a stream of water, it's ongoing provision of water. So they grow and bear fruit. So we must be in the orchard where the farmer, the Lord, who grows us by watering, trimming, and fertilizing, providing all of our needs. So in its season, we bear fruit. Growing of a church is a natural thing. It's a natural thing. You grow internally, that's growing of this church. And you bearing fruit in your life. You don't have to bring people into church and in the pew, make them people sitting in the pew. That's not only growing. But people around you transforming, changing, at least change your perspective on you, is growing. And that's bearing fruit. The fruits are being blessed 
and happy life in the Lord. So you, I, and the people, we make progress in our salvation. Transformation from being wicked to being blessed. Sisters and brothers in Christ, we are blessed, right? We are blessed because we acknowledge that we are standing before God. We fear God, right? We know there, are, there is God, at least. Yes, we sin in front of God. We commit our wrongdoings in front of God. But we know we are standing before God. So we are in need of grace of God. So we be amazed in this presence of God in our life. So we have to sing out. We have to sing our songs every day to respond to God who we experience every day of our lives. So we have to sing. You have to sing your sorrow, your lament, your despair, your loneliness, and your depression. Your calamity, we have to sing. So we remember. We trust our God who planted us in this church, in these streams of water. So we are growing in God. And we know God is the one and only sovereign and provident God. Amen.